everyone, welcome to another edition of the Jim and the King NFL podcast. I'm Jim, sitting in the war rooms of Denver Dave and Punk Raider, and we're here to talk about the NFL. Evening, boys. Good evening. How are we? We all good. Good to have you back, Punk. Yeah, yeah. No, been a lean couple of weeks, but, you know, I'm sure you coped without me just about. We missed you. Philly yeah, side was managed. there for us uh, to cover off the NFC East and West. <laughs> Um, so this week we're going to be doing the NFC North and the NFC South. Last week we got hijacked by the free agency. That's kind of calmed down a bit now. Do a bit of news first, um, but then we'll jump into the NFC North review. Um, biggest bit of news I think happened uh, today, boys, was Adoree Jackson signed to a three-year $39 million deal with the New York Giants. That goes with their $72 million deal for Kenny Golladay, the 22.5 for guard Kevin Zeitler, and the $12 million for tight end Carl Rudolph. We thought the um, page had been splashing about, but uh, the Giants have been uh, catching up, haven't they? Yeah, it's not a lot. Of, a lot of them aren't for a, a huge amount of money this year, though. So a lot of them are sort of loaded for next year when the cap's expected to go up about twenty-five million. Mm-hmm. So I think what they're doing is putting the pieces in place to basically say, "Look, Daniel Jones, if you are our guy, then now is your chance to prove it." They've got Evan Ingram and Carl Rudolph, and I can't think of too many defensive, uh, too many tight end pairings that are better, to be perfectly honest, from a receiving perspective anyway. Johnny Smith and um, Hunter Henry? That's a pretty elite duo. Well, as I said, Hunter Henry's never going to play, so let's not, let's not get nuts <laughs> about that. But no, I mean, that is a very, very good tight end group. Um, still got Darius Slayton, still got Sterling, Ste- Sterling Shepard. Um, you know I love Kenny Galladay. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're kind of putting the pieces around him, and uh, now their offensive line has got skill and depth. And they that's, spent a lot of money on it. That's the difference, isn't it? I mean, they've yeah. had a completely porous offensive line for what last well, couple last of years. Season, season. So last season, know. last season, their two tackles, their left tackle, let's be honest, was a right tackle with Andrew Thomas. Matt Pert was coming in, um, who's going to be an NFL guard. He was playing at tackle. Um, Zeitler's obviously re-signed, and they've got real depth now. And the rookies who the rookie guards last year are just going to be the step up is going to be massive. So their offensive line is going to become much, much better. So and they're getting um, Saquon Barkley back. So it's kind of if you can't do it now, I don't think you can do it. So they by kind of saying, "Here's everything, run with it, and become brilliant," because now is his last chance. Mm. Daniel Jones, that is. I mean, <laughs> okay. Uh, other bit of news: Marcus Mariota Punk has uh, expected to resign with the Raiders on a one-year, three and a half million deal with up to eight million in incentives. Are you happy about this? There was talk about him being uh, yeah, off trade I, bait. I still th- I still think he's he probably still is up as trade bait if if mm-hmm. the right deal comes along. I mean, he wanted about ten and a half. I think we wanted to give him two. So <laughs> you know, three and a half and incentive sounds about right. Mm. Um, I still think he's the best backup in the league, to be honest. Um, certainly, yeah, certainly in the top two or three, if not the best. Um, so yeah, I think it's a fair deal, and I think you know, if if the right deal comes along, he will still be up on the trading block if needs be. I mean, this does now mean that Drew Locke is the fifth best quarterback in the AFC West now. He's not even the fourth. <laughs> That's true. Anymore. That's very true. <laughs> well, you said it, Dave, not, not us. Um, yeah. Other bit of quarterback news, Joe Flacco. He signed the contract with the Philadelphia Eagles, three and a half million. So this might call any talk of drafting a QB at six for the Eagles. I don't think it does. I don't no? think it calls that talk at all. It's Joe Why? Flacco, come on. Yeah, but he's a backup, isn't he? So. Okay. So what they've done is, if if Jalen Hurts doesn't work out and midway through the season they're pulling Flacco, then they're not going to go back to Hurts. They they could still well 
actually draft a quarterback and sit him for a season quite happily. And, yeah. you know, without without throwing him into a team that's absolutely shocking. If it doesn't work with Hurst this year, and they have to bring in Flacco, then they'll still be in a terrible position or a great position for drafting next year. I don't think... I, I agree with you in the fact that it's going to put them in a terrible position if if their backup plan is Joe Flacco. But let's look at it another way. Them bringing in Joe Flacco in free agency is not in any way, shape or form going to affect what they do in the draft. I don't, I, I'm with you. I don't think they'll draft a quarterback, but I don't think it's necessarily signalled um, as that by the signing of Joe Flacco. Well, I do. <laughs> they, they'll give, it, give Hurts a chance. If you bring in a quarterback now, you're just going to preempting a failure, basically, because you have another quarterback in there. Hurts isn't going to feel like he's got the chance to do anything. Self-fulfilling prophecy kind of thing. Well, that's that's the Eagles for you. I don't give a. They can just cut him before the season starts, so it's not too much of a big deal. Mm. We'll see. Uh, last bit of news, then, boys. Before we go into the review, Deshaun Jackson, thirty-four-year-old wide receiver, has signed a one-year deal with the Los Angeles Rams. Obviously, hooking up there with Matt Stafford. Yeah, I mean, you know, Jackson can still take the top off defense if you can get him on the field, and that's always been the problem with him. Um, if you can get him on the field and playing, he's a good wide receiver. You can't get him on the field playing enough to actually warrant and know whether this is going to be a good pickup or not. Yeah, he falls into the same category as Will Fuller. Um, great when he plays, but doesn't play enough. There you go. There you go. So let's move on. There to is the review, one boys. other piece of news as well. Oh, go on. Um, British F.A. Ebada. F.A. Ebada. With the uh, Bills. So yes. he signed with the Bills. Uh, good to landing spot. His uh, reign of terror in the NFL. Yep. No, absolutely. <laughs> I think his contract was up in Carolina, and obviously the Bills have yeah, come in. Yeah, he's free agent. Offer. Yeah. Good to see you still in the league. Uh, hopefully, you get some game time in Buffalo. Let's move on to the review, boys. We're going to start with the NFC North, and we go in order of their their finishing positions. So the Green Bay Packers are up first. They finished thirteen and three this year. Uh, they finished ninth in passing, eighth in rushing. They finished first for points scored and 20th for points conceded. The best game I had for them, well, there's a lot to choose from. They swept the Lions and the Bears in division. They beat the Niners, who knocked them out of last year's championship game. But the Week 16 domination of the Titans was my pick. Devonta Adams caught three touchdowns. The Green Bay defense picked Tannehill twice, and the team didn't let up in a 40-14 to victory. So that was my best game for the Packers. Worst game, well, it's another year, another head-scratchingly bad showing in the championship game. After gifting a touchdown just before half-time, not completing interception opportunities on Brady, pillow throws, and then going for a field goal near the TD. Truly awful, that championship loss to the Buccaneers. I don't think anyone can argue with what their worst game of the season was. Um, I think losing in the playoffs in the way that they did is obviously a massive disappointment, and that's going to bite them all the way through uh, the season. The thing is, last year, and and we said this sort of towards the end of the season, um, you know they they finished they finished the season really well. Well, they, they finished season thirteen and three, which was great. And a lot of people saying, yeah, they won a lot of close games, and they're not a great thirteen and three team. I'd rather be the poorest billionaire around the table. Then you know, but you're still a billionaire. They're still a thirteen and three team, and for them, they finish thirteen and three. They're in a, a division where there's a lot of um, organized chaos for a certain extent, and there's a clear <laughs> pathway nice on how they can improve. If you're a, if you're a thirteen and three team, and there is a clear and distinct pathway on how you can get better, it it tells you the future's bright, and the and you everyone knows what the Packers can do in order to improve. Um, 
I, I think last season was a great success for them. The only problem was the very last game that they had. I think that's the big issue. I'd agree with all of that. I don't think there's there's any surprise in, you know, that offense was explosive. It would put up points. Yeah. Um, quite often, the reason games ended up close was because they completely take their foot off the gas in the second half. Um, I agree they, with that they as did well. It, they did it a little bit too much at times. I think there was a game against Colts where they let them back in and, you know, various other games that ended up one score that should have been three or four. Um, I yeah. mean... The- one of the one of the one of the things, and I'll come on to this sort of later on. But one of the things that I think the Raiders did really well at the start of last season um, was when you get a lead, you just run the ball into the yeah, ground, clock and you just kill the clock, and you just destroy the clock, and you know you lose minutes and minutes and minutes of a game. You just and it just kills the game. But you're able to effectively do it because you've got a great running back. Now, the Packers have a great running back, but they don't do that. They don't run the game into the ground. They keep throwing and they give people opportunities. And I think that's one of the major weaknesses. But I don't think any team that has Aaron Rodgers can run the clock down consistently because I think I don't think Rodgers would let it because he is essentially one of the offensive play callers. And I think that's Um, the key, isn't it? In the long run. I think you're right. I don't think Rodgers lets it. And I think Rodgers wants the game on his shoulders. He demands that the game's on his shoulders when actually common sense says, use your running back. Yeah, and most teams can't do it because they haven't got a running back who can, you know, consistently get a a first down. Whereas the Packers have, Packers have got two. So it doesn't make sense for them not to do it. It's just for some reason, whether it's ego or whether it's just because he thinks he's good enough, he can get away. And most of the time, I mean, the record says they're 13 and three. Most of the time they can get away with it. Just yeah. potentially they shouldn't. It's it's a tactic. And I think it's it's, it's a shortfall we've seen probably for a couple of years. Well, Roger got MVP this year. So oh, yeah, I mean, he's doing something right. He, on he the, right, the right. And I'm not criticizing him saying that he didn't deserve MVP or he's no good or anything like that. It's just mm-hmm. a shortfall where I think that's the reason that a lot of games are close. But again, they're still yeah, they're the skintiest billionaire in the room. And you some, know, of, some of it could some of it could be down to questionable coaching calls as well. You know, it, it, I mean, we saw in that championship game some questionable calls. So you know, there's nothing to say that going into complete prevent defense for an entire second half and actually still throwing the ball. Yeah, it might not even be Rodgers. It, it could be coaching. Mm. Maybe. Well, That's their big move of the offseason has been to re-sign Aaron Jones when we all thought he was going to go. They've given him a four-year, $48 million deal. Uh, it's It doesn't make sense to me. I know that he's a great running back. I just don't think the Packers were in the position where they should have paid him that money. They had brought in A.J. Dillon. It was time to move him into a more um, senior role in the in the in the backfield. That they've ended up moving Jamal Williams on and keeping AJ Dillon as the second running back. I know that me and Dave had a bit of an argument over it, but it just seems to make even less sense now that last draft that you've drafted a backup quarterback who now Aaron Rodgers saying he wants um, guarantees about the next couple of years. So Jordan Love isn't going to see the field if Aaron Rodgers has got anything to say about it. You've got Aaron Jones was supposed to be making way for. AJ Dillon as the second round pick, that's not going to happen now because you've got you've got to run Aaron Jones a lot now to justify that contract. So and they didn't much in the rest of the draft. They didn't draft a wide receiver last year. So they've got to make up for it this year. It just makes that last draft seem even more crazy to me. But that's just me. I think 
I think when you when you look at it, though, it, I agree with what you said. I'm not going to disagree with you, first and foremost. So when you attack me in a minute, I want to remind you of that point. I am agreeing with you. <laughs> However, to play, devil, to play devil's advocate somewhat, an argument that you could make, and it's not an argument I am making, but it's an argument that you could make, mm. is they go out in the first round and draft a quarterback. The following year, their quarterback has a career year and becomes the MVP. That's an argument you can make. So that first round pick could also could kind of be justified already i don't agree with that but it's an <laughs> argument that you could make now aaron jones also had a career year in the year that they get paid. didn't yeah in, in the year that they drafted a uh, a running back in the second round and he got paid and they didn't draft a wide receiver but then Devonte adams had a career year as well so what you could say is they managed their team uh, you can make that argument and it's you know it's just one of those things. I, I I think they've they've come out of it smelling a rose. So even if you think they did the bad thing, they've still they've still kind of done the right thing in the fact that they finished the season thirteen and three and got deep into the playoffs. That's it. I think I think no matter which way you look at it, whichever way they decided they wanted to go, and and whether you know this is by design or the chips have just fallen this way, they they have landed on their feet. Um, you know, you go thirteen three, get to a championship game. That's a good season. Um, yeah, they would have wanted one more game, but Let, let's put it this way. There are some franchises which have never done that. <laughs> That's yeah, not just a exactly. career season for some teams. Some teams have never achieved that. Some so, in the NFC North. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Other than that, they haven't done an awful lot in free agency, apart from let players go. Uh, looking they, never at, they never do. Packers are one no. of those teams that very rarely will pick up a lot of players in free agency and spend lots of money. So, yeah, who wants? If you're in free agency, let's be honest. You've got an open market. If you get drafted to the Packers, you kind of think, "All oh, right, yeah, it's cool. I get to play with Aaron Rodgers. I get to, you know, play at this great pantheon of the NFL, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. If you get drafted there, you get drafted there. You don't really get a choice. You don't go there in free agency. You don't even visit in free agency because it's freezing cold. There's out there. There's no nightlife. There's probably one nightclub. Yeah, oh, it's no bloody one's going freezing. There in free agency. No one's going there in free agency. It's never happened and never will. One of the biggest names that was released was Corey Lindsley. He was snapped up by the Chargers. Ricky Wagner's also been released to make cap space, and Lane Taylor needs a new contract. So that O line's looking a little bit uh, peaky at the moment. Plus, David Bakhtiari won't be healthy for the start of the new season, according to recent reports. That's that's a lot of line talent gone in those three names. So um, that's what I'm targeting yeah. first if I'm the Packers in the draft. Yeah. I mean, needs wide, I've got exactly that. I've got O-line as, as biggest need, followed by wide receiver, followed by D-line. So, you know, it's it's really a case of, of like you say, they've kind of done similar to what we've done in that they've moved moved on of uh, the established guys and, and want to get younger and quicker and probably a bit bigger on the line as well. Try and protect Rodgers a bit more as he slows down and is less able to to avoid rush out outside the pocket. Um, so I can, I can kind of see their thinking behind behind it. Um, whether or not it comes off, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, they, they definitely need to extend the olive branch for the wide receiver, right? They have to this year. Well, you'd think so. You'd think so. But... They have to. <laughs> Such a deep that. draft for wide receivers. <laughs> uh, what, I'd, what I'd expect them to do, if I'm honest, if, if it was me, I'd 
trade down in the first round because there's quite a few decent um, offensive linemen and where they're picking up a defensive lineman, it won't matter if they're doing it in the first round or early in the second. So draft down, get like a couple, you know, get three fifths or something like that. Just pick up three, three fifth round wide receivers. You're going to hit on one of them at least. So just, that's what I'd do. Just say, don't, don't give me a third and a fifth. Give me three fifths. That's what I want. I want bulk. That's exactly what I want. They've already got um, 10 so picks, he, Dave, in this draft. They've got, Two fourth rounds, two fifth rounds, and get two fifth more. Round picks. They're going to need more. They're going to need more because they need receivers. <laughs> they went so it doesn't matter. I'd, I'd, I'd still go value. I would still go value because they even need help in the secondary. So if you look at um, the, if you look at, I think Jair Alexander's one of the best cornerbacks in the league. After that, you know what are you looking at? Really, well, they've just Josh resigned Jackson, Kevin King Josh to a one-year, six million-dollar deal despite his abject performance against the Bucks. In the championship game, I'm surprised yes. they resigned him after that. But he was a a trade up to the top of the second round a few years ago, so maybe yeah. Uh, so and then after that, we got Joshua Jackson, who's a guy who I think he was a second round pick about two or three years ago. He was picked in the same draft as um, Jair Alexander. They picked back to back cornerbacks, mm-hmm. and that was going to be their future. Um, it might have been third round. I can't remember exactly. And he's just not worked out. He's the guy where everyone targets. So they need that bit of depth as cornerback. So yes, it's it's great saying that they are a great team. Who's the other tight end they've got? Degera, Joshua Degera or something. Yeah, he was he's, a third he round is, pick last year, I think. Yeah, and it's just not worked out. They need to go and replace you know, the picks that haven't worked. Last year, their draft technically on paper was not good. Um, they have to address that this year. And you know, when you're saying they have to get defensive line help, that you know that's one player at least. Then you're looking at a couple of wide receivers. If there's three of your picks gone already, you're probably then going to want to pick up, I don't know, a, another tight end. You're going to want to pick up a defensive line. Uh, sorry, a linebacker. You're going to want to pick up um, secondaries. And all of a sudden, your 10 well, picks yeah. just don't look enough. Christian Kirksey was released at linebacker, but it was phased out a bit during the season. But even so, that linebacker call could, could, do, could do with some improvement. Yeah, because as soon as Preston Smith uh, goes out, Michelle and Gary goes out, um, and Zadarius Smith as well, as soon as you lose one of those, you're losing that that core that they really rely on. Um, but yeah, no, for me, I, I think they still need a bit of depth. Their their front, their their starting eleven on either side of the ball is great. Um, it's just the backups after that which you kind of worry about a bit. Okay, anything else to say on the Packers, Punk? Before we move on, no, nothing especially. I think Devontae Adams. You know, it's always helpful when you've got the best quarterback and the best wide receiver in the game doesn't at the hurt, same place it? at the same time. So doesn't you know, I've, I would fully expect them to be there or thereabouts again next season. Well, he's certainly the MVP is the quarterback. Let's, let's leave it there. Uh, second team then that we're going to hit is the <laughs> Chicago bears. They finished eight and eight. They were 22nd in passing 25th in rushing 21st in points scored and 19th in points conceded their best game. Um, did you know that this team beat the Super Bowl winning Bucks back in week five? Big Nick got the best of Brady once again in a 2019 affair. The worst game I could have picked the wet fart of a playoff loss to the Saints or one of the Packers drubbings they took. But the week 13 loss at home to the Lions must have stung because that was a sixth loss in a row for a team that had started out five and one. So and divisional as well. So Bears were weird last season. They really were a strange yeah. team because, I mean, they completely backed into the playoffs. Yep. You know, there's there's no way on this planet if, if, if you know, there, there were probably seven or eight AFC teams that were better than the Bears that <laughs> should have been in the playoffs yes. that, you know, obviously weren't just by virtue of being in the AFC. Wasn't um, even the worst, worst AFC team that got put through. No. Or worst record no, anyway. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. 
Um, and it was quite strange in that it, as soon as the Bears started losing games, Montgomery came alive and started playing well. It was, it was very weird. It was a very weird season. Um, to be honest, yeah, I, I think, think Montgomery and Robinson were the only real highlights um, for me. Um, I think the defence underperformed uh, yeah, massively. Um, I don't think you know any anyone on that defence can really hold their heads up and say, yeah, we I performed at the best of my abilities. Um, Trubisky, I'm not surprised he's gone. He's just woeful. I mean, how that man has, has even had a playoff game to his name is just beyond me. So yeah, it's it's <laughs> I I would say it's more doom and gloom than than oh we were a playoff team last year. I think Trubisky sucks, we know that, but at least he goes for it. He's not one of those guys who's conservatives and tries to protect his career. He wins games, he's got a winning record. I mean it helps that he has a, a very good defense behind him. Let's not, you know, pull no bones about that. If he had a terrible defense <laughs> behind him, he'd be a very very different quarterback. But it just feels like the Bears are a bit of a disappointment. Yes, they're an eight and eight team, and you know that's great. But they didn't beat anyone off decent last year. You look at the teams they beat. They beat the Lions once at the beginning of the season. Then they beat the Giants. They beat the Falcons. The Falcons this year sucked. Sorry, they just did. I know they beat the Broncos, but the Broncos sucked as well. Um, and the only off decent team they beat was the Bucks. They lost to all, they lost to any other decent team they played. But so even when they played the, the Bucks, it was in that early early section where the Bucks were losing a few games. So you yeah. know, I wouldn't even. Well, really the Bucks at that them. point were three and two. The Bucks at that point going into that point yeah. were three and two. So it's not as though they were they hadn't clicked at that point. So right. they played the early version. Um, <laughs> the beta. So it, yeah, they did. Remember last season? Not last season. The one just gone. The one before that. Um, everyone was saying, "Oh, the Cowboys are going to be really solid next season." You look at their record, and you go, well, "You didn't actually beat anyone off decent." You beat people like the Jets. You know, they were the- very much like the Steelers were last this season. You know, it's exactly yeah, the same I agree with the Steelers. That. They had that 11 and 1 start, but actually they hadn't beaten anybody with, with a better than 500 record. It, you no. know, you get this. I mean, you can't, obviously, you can't pick your schedule um, or even when you play teams within that schedule. But, you know, it, it, the Bears are just, I don't know, they're just very bland at the minute. And, don't really have much of an identity. So, yeah, I think so they've right, got a lot of work got Andy Dalton next year. Well, well it's only got worse, hasn't it? It's only got worse. They yeah. might have um, hooked Alan Robinson to the franchise tag as their wide receiver, Bright Spark, but they move on Mitch to the Bills and bring in Andy Dalton at four times the price. They then release Carl Fuller, yeah. who gets snapped up by the Denver Broncos on a one-year, nine-and-a-half million dollar deal. Quite happy about that, I'm guessing, Dave. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> yeah, come on in, Dave. Let's talk about this, this Broncos team quickly. That you must be happy with the Carl so, Fuller pickup, right? Yes. Yeah, so there's three there's three massive needs we had on defense. We needed an interior linebacker, we needed a pass rusher, and we needed a cornerback. We've added two cornerbacks, which is great. We've added a pass rusher, Shelby Harris, re-signing him, and he's one of my favorite Broncos. Absolutely love him. We haven't, we don't have an in, uh, an interior linebacker just yet. But what we have done is. Um, re-signed Von Miller and re-signed uh, Kareem Jackson. So it's kind of like if you'd have given me my fantasy lineup, it would have been, you know, a, an absolute dog at cornerback. Someone then someone beyond that who is very good and serviceable and can make big plays. We've done that as well. And then re-signing Von, re-signing, and then also uh, re-signing Justin Simmons as well. The defense is done. We just need an interior linebacker because we play a base three-four. We need that extra. 
for interior linebacker. Justin Chouinard, who we drafted in the seventh round last year, was injured for all of last season. And we knew that drafting, that's why we went in the seventh. This year, we expect him to come in and make a big, big impact. Um, we've re-signed Alexander Johnson and we've still got Josie Jewell. So the interior linebacker core, we have a backup, but we need someone who's going to come in and make an impact. And defense is sorted. Um, it's now on the offense where we're going to have to uh, improve. We've got Cortland, Cortland Sutton obviously coming back and there's still the, you know, the uh, Drew Locke uh, decision that has to be made. But now I'm very, very happy with what's happened in, in, in uh, free agency. I've probably gone a bit too long about the Broncos there, but it just goes to show quite why. I mean, some of the moves that the Bears have done in free agency is beyond me. It really, really is. I know they've put themselves in a bit of a difficult position with the Khalil Mack um, contract that they signed because there's so much money tied up with him. They've kind of had to get rid of Akeem Hicks as well because so there's at the moment they don't know if they're re-signing Akeem Hicks or not and he's a big part of the defensive front. Eddie Jackson needs paying soon. I don't know if he's actually signed his new contract but he's going to need paying soon. Then they've got Roquan Smith who's going to need paying. I'm sorry but I don't understand where they're going. It doesn't make any sense from a from a salary point of view. Are they expecting next year's salary cap to go up 200 million? Because that's the only way they're going to keep all of these guys. It's bizarre. It's weird. I don't know. It's just, it blows my mind. It really does. What he said, basically. <laughs> <laughs> I think you've, I mean, you've absolutely hit the nail on the head. It makes no sense. They swallowed the yeah. MAC contract, like you said, but they're going to lose so many other pieces next season that it's, it, it almost makes no point, no sense in holding on to them now. You might as well do, do what the, you know, do a Saints, get rid of everybody now and just build. But the Saints haven't really got rid of everyone, have they? They're still keeping a lot of people around. Oh, we'll get to them later. We'll get to them later. <laughs> um, so people that the Lions have picked up, they've, they've taken Desmond True from from, um, from the Lions. So they're set there at corner, obviously. Plus they've picked up two Broncos and Elijah Wilkinson and uh, Jeremiah Atishu. Atachi. Bless you. Well, True... I mean, the problem with Trufant at the Lions was he was injured. He only played about five games. So, yeah, and the problem with the Falcons was he was old and rubbish. Exactly. So, so you know, I don't, I don't get the point in signing him. To be honest, I mean, yeah, he's a name player, and everyone thinks, oh, yeah, Desmond Trufant, great. He hasn't been great for five years. No. So, I mean, that's if you're not great. If you used to be great and you're not anymore, you go to the Bears. I mean, let's yeah, not forget they've exactly. got Jimmy Graham, who signed a two-year, $60 million deal. I mean, his agent is a legend. And if, you're, if you used to be great, you go <laughs> to the Bears, and that's what happens. You know, it's, it's just the way it is. I think the only thing I would say about Jeremiah Tatcher, he's a guy I really like. He's a guy who always gives 100%, and he's a guy who you kind of have to give him a free role. He can only play in a base 3-4. You can't play him in a 4-3. You just can't. He's an interior linebacker, and he, you just have to let him go and get the guy. He, he, so you have there's a limited, you know, half the half the NFL he can immediately not go to. But he's perfectly good. He's perfectly serviceable. I would have liked to have kept him, to be perfectly honest. Um, but yeah, the Bears are woodless, and I don't know where they're going. And it's somewhat frustrating because they're one of those teams who are always going to be, you know, always going to be underachieving with the talent they've got. It's a shame. They need virtually everything. What what do you think's happening in the draft this year, boys? Obviously, we've just talked about the Eagles a little bit and how we think they might still go for a quarterback despite their moves. They've brought in Andy Dalton. They've moved on Mitch Trubisky. What are they going to do? Because they're quite low in the draft because of this playoff run that they had. I can tell you exactly 
Go I on. Know exactly what they're going to do. Their um, their drafting philosophy is going to be the same as it's been in the past three or four, five years with Ryan Pace as their GM. Uh-oh. Chaos. That's what it's going to be. Utter chaos. Yeah. I'd, the thing is, if you look at where they're picking, uh, where are they in? So what are they? 20th. Now, they're not going to be you know they're not going to be picking up a decent quarterback there unless they go for Mac Jones he's not because busy. he's probably going to yeah well exactly apparently also one on a side note he stunk out his pro day <laughs> coaches walked out of his pro day really yeah. i mean how bad do you have to do on your pro day to actually uh, have the coaches walk out mm. um but yeah they they don't have a huge amount of picks either they've only got the standard they've got seven you know, seven they've, or got, eight picks. they've got no yeah. fourth round they've got three sixth round picks and no seventh so it tells you exactly where you're at i mean they don't have the capital capital to move up the only way they're going to be able to move up is if they say to someone we'll give you you know so and so and a player we'll give you yeah they go to the go to the jets and go we'll give you eddie jackson and our first they'll go okay you know, because why wouldn't you? Or something like that. It's the only way they're going to be able to do it. Or they trade Khalil Mack if they really want a quarterback. But the fact that they've got Nick Foles and Andy Dalton, they're not going to get a quarterback. That's not in, that's not in their game plan. Why would you go and get those two? Why would you still have those two if you're going to go and get a rookie? I'm not having it. It's Ryan Pace's last year and he knows it and he doesn't want to risk that on a quarterback. He's not having it. So he'll, he'll go and get an explosive weapon and it will be, you know, a wide receiver who's got a flashing aim and they're going to go and try and be great on offense, which they're not going to be. And the Bills are going to finish, uh, the Bears are going to finish eight and eight. And we're going to be talking about the exact same thing this time next year. I mean, they, they do need a wide receiver apart from Alan Robinson. Uh, it's mm. 2018 second round disappointment, Anthony Miller or late round flyer, Darnell Mooney in their depth chart. Well, they drafted Javon Wims last year, who everyone had high hopes for, and mm-hmm. um, not so much. It's Anthony Miller's not bad. Face by the looks of it. <laughs> Anthony Miller's not bad. I think he's okay. I think he's okay. They've still got Riley Ridley as well. Riley Ridley's okay. Disappointment. Yeah. And also, you might have a left tackle that needs plugging if they can't re-sign Charles Leno. Because he's going to take well, a lot of cap isn't room. It? Is the, o- the O-line was not good last year at all. So, you know, they have to be looking at it and going, well, if we're going to keep Dalton and Foles, we actually need to keep them on their feet. So, you know, Montgomery was struggling left, right and centre to actually get any yards last year. So, you know, it, it, was. Wasn't, until, it, was. it, it wasn't until they started, you know, realising they could throw swing passes to him and stuff and getting him in space that he actually did anything. So, it's, yeah. It's kind I of think- like they... It's kind of like they realise, hang on, this guy's not. This guy's below six foot. Maybe he's an outside zone runner. Should we try him there? <laughs> exactly. Like they're trying to just blast him up the middle. It's revolutionary thinking, isn't it? They missed Tariq Cohen last year as well. Tariq Cohen was injured for the vast majority of the year, um, and they really, really missed him. Fun times ahead then for the Chicago Bears. Uh, let's move on to the next team. So yeah, the third team in the NFC North was the Minnesota Vikings. They finished seven and nine. They were fourteenth for passing, fifth for rushing, eleventh for points scored. And fourth for points conceded. Ouch. That might explain the seven and nine. Best game? Well, sweeping the Lions isn't a big achievement in this division, but going into Green Bay and getting a win is a highlight for any Viking season. They did it in week eight, leaning on Dalvin Cook for three rushing touchdowns and one receiving touchdown in a 28-22 victory. Worst game I've got them as the Vikings lost four games by less than one score, which must hurt. But they gave up over 50 points in a week 16 loss at the New Orleans Saints. This was the Alvin Kamara six rushing touchdown game. So, yeah, I kind of had to put that in there as their worst game of the season. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd agree with that. 
Um, I think the thing with the Vikings this last season is that they were either very good mm-hmm. or very bad. There was no middle ground whatsoever. Um, Horrible for picking yeah. in the uh, in the ACA every week. Oh yeah, no, you, you wouldn't touch them in a, in, a, in anything that cost money at all because you just didn't know which one was going to turn up. Mm-hmm. I mean, the only thing you could almost guarantee was that Jefferson and uh, Justin Jefferson and Dalvin Cook would get 100 yards each on the ground in the air. I was but very happy drafting Justin Jefferson in fantasy. He did well. He did well there, it definitely. Wasn't, it was like the 14th round or something. I won't get him in the 14th round this year, unfortunately. But No, no, you definitely won't get him in the 14th round this year. No. But uh, yeah, I mean, for a rookie to put up 1,400-yard season and Dalvin Cook to put up a 1,500-yard season on the ground and the team to be 7-9 and nine is just absolutely ridiculous. And what that really goes to show is that the defense was shocking and they need oh, yeah. a new quarterback. <laughs> well, I, I knew that Jefferson would be good, but I didn't know he put up um, better than Randy Moss numbers. In his rookie yeah. Season. I mean, yeah, that's no, crazy. He, he, he Randy Mossed it, <laughs> literally. So you mentioned about the quarterback, and you know, you know, I love a theory. I have a theory yes. that Kirk Cousins is the worst option to have a quarterback in the NFL. That's that's my genuine theory, and I'll back it up. Okay, if you get someone who's toilet like Andy Dalton, you're only paying him three million quid, five million quid a year, or whatever it is. So you can surround him with talent. So you can get yourself out of that hole that you're having by having Andy Dalton, he's serviceable. There's other quarterbacks who aren't very good, but you can surround them with talent because they're cheap. Now, Kirk Cousins is mediocre and bloody expensive. So, and he bottles it in every game. So you can't really surround him with talent because you're paying him too much money. And he's never going to win you a good game because he's Kirk Cousin. The well, problem not, is, okay, he is surrounded by talent. You know? He is surrounded well, by talent. He's got Dalvin Cook. He's got Jefferson. You know, he's had tight ends like Carl Rudolph over the last few years. So, you know, there's, there is no reason why he hasn't been able to succeed. Um, if you think back to a couple of years ago, they had that really good defense as well. Um, obviously, a lot of those those older guys left, uh, free agency, big contracts. And so last season, they had a lot of youngsters playing in the secondary, um, which has caused them, obviously, huge problems. Um it was it, it really was a boom or bust team last year and it was it was they're just another one that, that that really they need to kind of make a decision on what they want to be and actually go down that course because at do the you moment, not believe though that Kirk Cousin is hold, Kirk Cousins is holding them back and that contract that they're giving him is holding him back I do I do I think I think that contract definitely is holding them back um I think Kirk Cousins kind of locked on his feet going into a team that had so many pieces around him. So he looked quite good in those first couple of seasons um, there. But, you know, you go, it's it, it's just they're, they're self-perpetuating themselves into a corner every single season by not doing something about Cousins. Um, now, you know, they've, yeah, they've, built, they've built good defences before. I'm sure they'll look to do it again. Um, they need linebacker help. They need D-line help. Um, they need, you know, people that can cover. Um, I'm sure some of the youngsters will come through this year and be better. Um, but, I mean, they've just added Patrick Peterson as well. Well, now you're going the other way too far. You, you're going to a guy that, that really is pretty much done in the NFL. 
You know, I mean, yeah. I'm sure it's it, he's he's probably very good on the sidelines and giving it the rah rahs, but that's not what you want to pay someone for. So, yeah, I think they 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 need to decide do they want to be an offensive team, a defensive team, a balanced team, even, and actually build that as opposed to this kind of swing wildly one way and then swing wildly the other way. Well, the, the contract for Kirk yeah, Cousins think- was a response for trying to get a, a more stable quarterback in there than Case Keenum or Sam Bradford that they were dealing with before. Well, They've not had an awful Case lot of Keenum, luck with Case Keenum was only there for one year. Yeah, Case Keenum was only really there for one year and he had he a career year, year then as well and took him into the playoffs. Yeah. Well, this is true because he's rubbish. But <laughs> at that point, you know, he did very well with that team. He did under the in the Pat Shermer offense, he did actually do really well. Um, Sam Bradford was a terrible pickup, um, mm-hmm. and you know that that pickup shouldn't have ever happened, but it did. But be, just because you've made bad choices, you know, it doesn't mean you you then have to double down on a safe pick. You don't, you know, you get to a bar and order a pint of lager that you've never seen before and go, oh, that was terrible. You order another I'm, one that was terrible. You don't I'm get not to agreeing bar, with it. You don't Dave, get to the I'm bar just, and go. I'm just trying to give know, context. Give me a calling. That's a safe place. pick. And they've got they had the money, so they gave him the contract. Yeah, and it was all guaranteed, and there was no way out of it, and yeah, they couldn't get rid of him because it's guaranteed it's dead money. It's rubbish, mm-hmm. it's a stupid pickup. Um, but yeah, that's that's the position they're in. I can't believe that the head coach still got his job. Um Zimmer, yeah, Mike, Mike Zimmer. Zimmer. I can't believe he's still got his job. I mean, we were speculating on a week to week basis when he's gonna get sacked. He's still there. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It's like the Doug Moraine dead man walking type thing, isn't it? It's just this next one yeah. up. Yeah. Um, they brought in Dalvin Tomlinson from the Giants for 21 mil. Uh, they brought in Patrick Peterson from Arizona on a one-year contract. They also got Stephen Weatherly, defensive end from the Panthers, and outside linebacker Nick Vigil from the Chargers to beef up that front seven. They've re-signed Amir Abdullah at running back, but they have lost uh, quite a few players as well. So left tackle Riley Reef has gone to Cincinnati to go to Dozier's left guard that may be lost in free agency. Carl uh, Rudolph, their release is now with the Giants. So you've only got Irv Smith catching there for the tight end position. They've, the good news, though, for them is that they've got 11 picks in this draft. They've got the most picks out of any team. They've got um, no second-round pick, but they've got two-thirds, four-fourths, two-fifths, and two-sixths, but no seventh. So they've got plenty of picks that they can start using to try and uh, sort out their secondary. Yeah, Michael Hughes at cornerbacks coming up on his fifth-year option. He only managed 24 games in the last three years. So that might have been one of the thinking behind Patrick Peterson, but they need more there. And they could probably do another wide receiver. They already struck gold with uh, Justin Jefferson while doing it again. So plenty of places to target. I don't think they're going to do anything about Kirk next season. But it may be if they, if they fail to get anywhere, then they may look at that. Do we know how many years he's got left on this contract? Does anyone I think recall it's seeing it? Yeah. So if it let's yeah, I mean it makes sense that he's probably got two or three. But let's let's call it two. If he's got two years left, you might as well keep him there for this year and then do something about it next year. The problem is next year, I'm not I'm not sure how many free agent quarterbacks are going to be about because there's not going to be a huge amount in the draft. And I can't see them, you know. Being a being a Jacksonville or a Jets team and and only getting one win next season, so yeah, they're going to be in in a similar situation of finish finishing you know six wins, seven wins, and and just not being any better for it. 
So to answer your question, next year he has a cap hit of $31 million. The year after he has a cap hit of $45 million. And then he's an undrafted free agent at the age of 35 in 20. Uh, th- 2023 where he will probably sign for the Vikings again for 88 million <laughs> so it's only this year and next year so yeah he's halfway through his contract yeah. only this year and next year and 76 and million dollars million yeah. dollars yeah exactly. <laughs> well you know what, what do you mean to say I'm just telling you he's halfway through his four-year contract it's all guaranteed like Dave said 21 this year 35 next year and then I mean, they might even be better off next year just cutting their losses, paying them the money and kicking them out the door, to be honest. It'd only be 10 million dead cap space, actually, next year. Where it'd be 41 this year. So you're right, actually, Punk. They might get rid of him next year and swallow the, the 10 mil in, in dead cap. Yeah, yeah, they should do and only lose 10 million because all the, all the dead cap's basically this year because they pulled it forward. But yeah, the cap hit next year is going to be 45 million. So you've yeah. got a straight choice of we either take the cap hit of 45 billion or take a dead cap of 10 million. I think mm. I know which way they're going to go. Yeah, interesting for the, the Vikings next year. Let's move on to the, the final team then in the FC North. That was the Detroit Lions. They finished 5-11. and 11. They were 10th in passing. They were 30th in rushing, 19th in points scored, and 1st in points conceded. Ah. I mean, it's good. It's good to be great. Yeah, yeah. Good to be first at something, I suppose. Their best game I had, well, there weren't many, obviously, but the Week 13 game in Chicago, where the Lions were ten points down in the fourth quarter and scored two touchdowns to get the divisional win, must be a highlight. Worst game. If you get shut out, it's notable. That happened in Carolina, where the Panthers won twenty to nothing with a QB that had just come up from the XFL. So, their worst game was. The worst game was the game against the Bucks when uh, they, I think they lost 47-7. Now, I know they didn't get shut out, but they were diabolical that game. That was the game they were, um, it was Boxing Day or the Christmas Day game or something like that. And they were live and it was their spotlighted. The whole world's watching and they got destroyed. I know getting shut out is bad, but getting humiliated is even worse. So an XFL quarterback. Don't care. You're talking it's about Super Bowl winners yeah, beating that's, him. That's part well of the done. course. That's part of the course. No, was it part of the course? Of, no. <laughs> well, getting beat, if you're the Lions, getting beat by an XFL quarterback, there's, not, there's nothing wrong with that. That's, you know, that happens, that happens weekly. <laughs> getting smashed by the Super Bowl winners, that is not the worst game. I've got to argue with you on that one. Okay. Nope. So, this is the biggest change in Detroit in over 12 years, boys. Is not only was the head coach let go in Dan Patricia, but also the GM and franchise quarterback, Matt Stafford. In comes Dan Campbell for his first go as head coach. Brad Holmes is a first-time GM, and he brings Jared Goff and some juicy draft picks with him from Los Angeles. We've also seen a lot of talent walk out the door, so Marvin Jones has gone down to Duval. Kenny Golladay got paid by the Giants, four years, 72 mil. Even wide receiver Jamal Agnew got snapped up by the Jags again. Uh, long-time Lions kicker Matt Prater got, uh, got taken. This moves to the Cardinals. But they did re-sign defensive end Romeo Aquara to a three-year, $37 million deal. And they took Jamal Williams from Green Bay. Yeah, it's just as well they got those draft picks, isn't it? Because when you actually look at the Lions <laughs> squad, apart from DeAndre Swift on offense, who's left? <laughs> yeah. There's absolutely well, nobody. Um, so, you know, someone like like Goff, who who needs a possession receiver, needs a deep threat, you know, they're, they're going to be seriously active on offense in this draft. And then... You know, they also have to rebuild completely that secondary. 
because they were absolutely dreadful. I mean, they brought in Desmond Trufant last year to replace Darius Slay. That obviously didn't work. Mm -hmm. Um, Trufant, you know, too much time injured, as always. Um, They've got no pass rush at all. I mean, you know, the linebackers couldn't cover a book. So (laughs) it's... it really is a complete rebuild and you know, it's kind of nice that you've got a brand new GM, a brand new coach that can, you know, hopefully uh, do the exact opposite of what we're talking about with the Bears and, and the Vikings and actually give this team an identity built mm-hmm. towards it. And maybe in two or three years time, we'll actually sit there and say, well, actually, yeah, the Lions have progressed and they're a half decent team, um, but they will be interesting to watch in the draft and see what they do. And they've only got six picks, five. six or seven picks in the draft. Is it five, five now? Picks. They've got yeah. no sixth or no seventh. So what we're looking at is a team that has massive amounts of need. No one in free agency wants to go there unless you pay them big time. And they've got no draft picks. The thing Fair is, enough. they're sitting at seven. Now that that pick at seventh has got a massive for sale sign on it. <laughs> yeah. um, and they're oh, going to basically treat. move back. And they're going to say, give us players or picks in this draft. So next year, they're fine. You know, next year they're absolutely fine. There's no issue with that whatsoever. They've got loads of picks following year. This year they ain't got jack and they need picks. So that 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 number seven immediately someone's moving up. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think I think you're absolutely right. I think you know, big flashing neon light saying, Come and get this. You only need to give us, you know, four extra picks or something. Um, but I mean they've got so many needs. They I would not be surprised if they got less than five wins next year at the moment. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure they're going to be able to do enough wheeling and dealing to be able to put together a, a squad good enough. But that's kind of why you put why they took Goff there as well, and and kind of gave Stafford his release was because they know what they're looking to do. Um, they've obviously got a game plan and what they want to build. And yeah, I'm sure long term Goff won't be part of it. But yeah, you know, in the short term, he's a, he's a perfectly adequate, serviceable quarterback. Yeah, I think I think you're right in the fact that you know they are going to be active in this draft on offense. Um, uh, I think when you look at it, let's say that from this point forward, um, they absolutely kill it in free agency. They go and get some good, solid free agent pickups. No one's going to obviously change the way, change their identity, or change the way that they play. But they they can pick up some decent players. Now, let's say they kill it in the draft as well. They do really well in the draft. Okay. That's the scenario that's happened. Are they finishing anywhere other than the bottom two places in the division? No. And that's if they do brilliant now. So why not blow it up and start again? It doesn't make sense to go all in on what they've currently got because what they've currently got is not good enough. So they might as well plan for the future because the present is not is nowhere near good enough. I've got two answers for you quickly today. First was Amir Culpa. They did get an extra third round pick for the Goff trade. So they have six picks. Uh, still yeah. no seventh though. Uh, the other bit then, so people they're bringing in, well, I talked about them uh, re-signing Romeo Aquara and taking Jamal Williams from Green Bay at running back. They've made some wide receiver signings as well that I've been holding back from you because these are some spicy ones. There was Tyra Williams from the Raiders. I'm sure Punk would approve. Rashad Perryman from the Jets and Khalif Raymond from the Titans. So they're well on their way to having a great I mean, wide receiver core there. It's so a they've, got, who they've only of... lost Marvin Jones and Kelly Golladay, so. Oh, is, is that all? Yeah. <laughs> yeah but they've replaced I mean. it. 
They've replaced it. I mean, Tara Williams, no, don't, get me, Perryman, don't get me wrong. Freeman. Tara Williams is a is a good wide receiver. Um, he's not a true number one wide wide receiver, and he he does have this these niggling injuries that seem to last a while. Mm-hmm. So if, if he's got over all those and he, again, if it bit to Sean Jackson, if he can stay on the field, then yes, he, he will be a massive help and he will, he will take the top off defense and you know, he'll catch 10 touchdowns without a doubt, but it's if, and you know, Perriman, yeah, he's decent, decent receiver. Maybe we've never really seen that much of him. I mean, playing at the Jets, He's, he's always been okay, but I wouldn't say he's been standout or anything. So, you know, I, I still think they have a massive need there. I mean, no, Perriman's yeah. been a guy who's he's been shipped all around the league. He was drafted by the Ravens, and then yep. he went to um, Washington and the Browns and the Bucks and the Jets, now the Lions. He's just a guy who'll go everywhere, and he's, he's going to be one of those guys who's going to float around the league for ages. You know, let's not forget they've also got Geronimo Allison. That completes their wide-out room. I mean, <laughs> if you're if you, you're not you're looking at your lips, if you go off, are you? No, are the, you? I mean the major the major positive for them is that you know they've got um, Hawkinson at tight end, who mm-hmm. is I I think one of the best tight ends in the league, just based purely on you know sheer receiver talent. I don't think he's a great blocker, but sheer receiver talent. There's a good chance they're going to have to move him to wide receiver, just play slot. Forget about being a tight end. Be a wide receiver. Go and find space and be our only pass catcher that we've got because the rest of it is garbage. They're mm. going to be one of those teams who are picking up wide receivers when everyone makes the roster cuts. So there's going to be wide receivers who are going to get cut when all the rosters yeah. come down to 53. And that's when they're going to go and get their wide receivers. And that is the NFC North, boys. We're on to one more division, and it's the NFC South. We're going to start with the team that finished top of the division. That was the New Orleans Saints. They went 12-4. and four. They finished 19th in passing. Sixth in rushing, fifth in points scored, and 28th in points conceded. The best game I had was the week nine game at Tampa Bay. Drew Brees hit four touchdown passes. Tom Brady gets picked three times, and the Saints win 38 points to three. Worst game where you win your division, you take out the Bears in the wildcard round, then lose to your division rival Bucks, who you easily beat twice in the regular season, and you lost by 10 points. Tell me that's not the right uh, picks there. I mean, I, I agree that that is the worst game of the season, but the worst regular game of the season was week two against the Raiders um, for me because in that game, um, I think they got outscored in the second half or from from sort of halfway through the second quarter. Mm-hmm. They got outscored. Um, I think it was 27-7. Yeah, we just um, played keep away. Yeah, so and all it we, was... We let them get 10 nothing up and they thought they could move the ball with ease and then all of a sudden, a couple of picks of off Drew Brees' wobbly arm. So and, um, uh, yeah, and basically just run Josh Jacobs all over them. Yeah, so you ran Josh Jacobs 27 times. Darren Waller had 12 catches. 12 yep. catches. Cover the man. What's wrong with you? <laughs> and that was the game. That was the game where um, Jalen Richard had a fumble in the fourth quarter when you were already losing. The, the Raiders were already losing. You fumble the ball. Then the Saints go in three and out immediately. And then the Raiders are, I think, third and 10 in the red zone. And you run it. You have the bare-faced cheek to run it yep. with a guy who's just fumbled it. Not only does he get the first down on third and 10, he scores a bloody touchdown. touchdown. Yeah. It was outrageous. He was just kind of going, look, we are playing basic fundamentals and we are ruining you. You are 
insignificant to us and you just ran all over them and it was an embarrassment that's why i would pick that game i agree with you though the most embarrassing one because it was on the big scene mm-hmm. was the playoff game but that game for me stood out because the saints won the first game i think they lost the next game after or did they i think they lost the next game after that i can't remember but that was the game where you're thinking, okay, this is going to be a massive season for the Saints. They can really build some momentum. They won the opening game. Um, I think it was against the Bucks, and that was, you know, the first game of the season they won against Brady, and there's this whole hype, and then they go and get absolutely murdered by the Raiders. And you're just kind of thinking, yeah, you guys are just the Saints. The Saints are the Saints. You know, they are what they are. They'll win big games and they'll lose big games. And it just continued the pattern and proving that they are not as good as we thought that they were. No, I'd agree with that. I mean, this was supposed to be Drew Brees' swan song, wasn't it? This this was the year that they were going to get to the Super Bowl. And to be honest, after they'd shellacked the Bucks in, in the Superdome, I honestly thought they would probably do it. Um, yeah. I think we had a, a very long conversation about that divisional playoff game because of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I mean, there were a couple of bright, bright sparks during the season for the Saints. Kamara looked back to his best after his injury woes. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had that six touchdown game that we were talking about um, earlier. Um, One of the, one of the negatives I picked up on last season with the Saints was Michael Thomas. He (laughs) he just forever seemed to be injured or stropping or punching people or, you know, it was, there was definitely something up with him there. Um, Yeah. He entered dickhead mode last year. Well, yeah, he did. He went into complete diva mode, but you know, quite, quite why, how, where, what for, I'm sure it's probably just, you know, something ridiculous, but you know, maybe yeah, shoe laces were on the wrong. Do. Yeah, exactly. You know, and he was ahead of the, wrong the next, shoes the next most something. productive wide receiver last year. It's crazy well, was how much problems, he fell back. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he he fell back so far, but they didn't have anyone else that was picking up the slack. So they picked up Emmanuel Sanders, and he didn't. You know, he didn't really do do much at all. No. Um, and the D just didn't seem to be able to stop anybody. Whereas the season before. You know that front seven was was really putting the kibosh on people, and and you would struggle to score against the Saints. I think you highlighted it perfectly with that Raiders game, Dave, where you know just play fundamentals, and you you could yeah. do what you liked with them. You could push them around, you could bully them. Um, it was a very strange season. It reminded me of you know you know that Keegan Newcastle team. They were flashy and they were brilliant, but when you get someone come up against them, you can just play basic standard football. You beat them, and that was the mm. issue. Yeah. Um, I, I want to introduce a new section um, for the Saints where it's their worst win. And you know what their worst <laughs> win was at last season? The Broncos. It was the Broncos game, yeah, where they were playing Kendall Hinton, who was the quarterback. And mm. they, had, they, they were humiliated by the fact that we scored three points. They should be ashamed of themselves. It's one of those games, you know when, you know when like, you're playing someone who's utter garbage and you think, okay, every point you score... In theory, like in when you're playing in preseason, your first team defense goes out and they're playing against, you know, a guy who's a fifth string quarterback and wide receivers who you never heard of. And you're like, all right, if we concede a if we concede a, a touchdown here, that's basically the same as conceding three touchdowns by a half decent team. That's what this was. That that three points that we scored might as well have been 30. They, in reality, only won that game by one point. They should be ashamed of themselves in that game. Really was terrible. I love the gymnastics you do on that game, Dave. (laughs) They didn't. They absolutely didn't take their foot off the gas as well, which, okay, rightly or wrongly, whatever. They didn't take the foot off the gas whatsoever, so they were playing right to the end. 
and they still only scored 31 against a defense that was spent more time on that field than any other I've ever seen in my in my life. It was an embarrassment. So there you go. They've uh, they've got unlike previous seasons, they've actually got quite a few picks this year. They've got eight, so they've got an extra third and a seventh. But a sixth round the next year has been voided for COVID violations, repeated COVID violations. And they had the so, cheek to take our quarterback off us. It's, it makes yeah, me laugh. I'm going on mute. <laughs> Obviously, the big two stories from the season was that Drew Brees has finally retired. We, we went in depth on that one, Dave, last week, uh, the very last second. The other big story, of course, was the Saints being in over $100 million worth of salary cap hell. They have managed to restructure basically every player's contract uh, and let go of a few, obviously. Um, it's resulted in them actually getting close to cap level now, Dave. What, what is their, uh, what's their balance like at the moment? The, the problem is it doesn't matter what their balance is right now because essentially what's going to happen, I'm checking this out as we're talking, by the mm-hmm. way, but what's basically going to happen is they've restructured them all. So yes. for anyone that doesn't know the way it works, um, you, you can pay someone as much money as you want. So say I sign Jim. I say, Jim, I'm going to give you 10 million this year, 10 million next year. That's 10 million for each year in the cap space. What I can do is say, Jim, I'm actually going to give you 10 million cash this year, but I'm going to defer your cap space to next year. So all they've done is move the problem down the line. They haven't yeah. actually solved any problems. All they've done is moved it one season on. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm sorry, but how is that solving the problem? Get rid of the sh- that's causing you an issue and stop signing players like Eli Apple that's then counting towards your dead cap space. It's ridiculous. So they haven't solved anything whatsoever. Um, and it's just it's, yeah, it's, it's just one of those things. It's, it is what it is. They are, the team cap space is currently counting at 1.4 million. Um, but that's not counting the, so teams have to put a reserve in for the, the, um, the draft capital that they have. Um, mm. That's not including the draft reserve. So currently they have 1.4 million pounds, uh, 1.4 million dollars of space. They don't have 1.4 million dollars. They're still massively in debt because they've got all of those picks that they eventually have to play for. So yeah, that's kind of where they are at the moment. They have got some talent there. They have still got some talented defenders. They have still got, you know, Alvin Kamara. Yeah, they've lost Jared Kirk. So they're looking for a tight end. They're looking for some better receivers. They're looking for some better cornerbacks um but they haven't got a quarterback i know they're paying someone to play quarterback but he's not a quarterback they've paid two players to play quarterback well they've paid two i was i was just going (laughs) to come to the second one i mean the fact that you know you're you're kind of winging a prayer on Taysom hill and then you're back up and you're you're kind of you know safety blanket is Jameis Winston I think says absolutely everything about what you can expect from the Saints next season <laughs> it, is, it is quite strange I, I don't get Taysom Hill I've never understood Taysom Hill as, as a thing no I, I I get what Taysom Hill is I think he's a cute little gadget player who's going to do you uh, trick plays every now and again I, I, yeah, but he's, I, he's not, not an every down quarterback. No, I, I agree 100%. I think they go into the season next year with Jameis Winston as their starting quarterback. And I think they fundamentally have to build everything around him, him being their centerpiece. If you go into the season with Taysom Hill being your starting quarterback, I mean, I want that to happen. Don't get me wrong. It will be a car crash. It will be an utter utter car crash never mind you know james winston going 30 for 30 at the bucks he's going to be five and 30 because i just don't see any way in which you can 
put a team on his back. I just don't. It's it's going to be hilarious. It really is because he's not a quarterback. It's the first time I've ever seen it. A team basically putting someone who isn't a quarterback, giving you the keys uh, keys to the car. It doesn't make sense. Unless I'm missing something, I don't know. Well, they've restructured his contract, so basically everything's voidable, haven't they? It's one of those hilarious things where they seem to overpay him by a massive amount, but then they've restructured it saying it's all just kind of uh, take our word for it. It's like our our words are bond, basically, because your contract now is worth nothing. Yeah. So that's quite funny. He still took it. He knows he's got no chance anywhere else. He's obviously scammed his way into the Saints, and that's the only place he's going to take him. So. He's going to have to hope that he gets another chance there and they end up paying him, but really well, weird. I mean, what they're, what they're basically saying is, saying is, if you want to be a quarterback, go and be a quarterback. But mm. if you fail, we're not financially <laughs> tied to you. If he succeeds, yeah. the world is his oyster. Fantastic. Mm. He's getting paid a fortune. If he has a brilliant year next year, that contract that he got will get restructured to include guarantees. It will, 100%. If it turns out he's brilliant. If it turns out he's just a fast tight end, then his contract will get restructured so he so he's on tight end money, um, or he'll just get released. You I know, do hope he's practicing. He's, yeah, well, I mean, I don't see where there's that pathway to success. But as I say, maybe I'm missing something. I don't know. They lost Trey Hendrickson. The defensive end went to Cincinnati on a four-year, sixty million dollar deal. Huge number there. Justin Hardy, the cornerback, has gone to the Jets. Uh, on a three-year, $6.75 million deal. Emmanuel Sanders has even gone one year to Buffalo, <laughs> $6 million. And Jared Cook, as Punk alluded to, has gone to the LA Chargers on a one-year, $6 million deal. Sheldon Rankins as well, gone to the Jets, two years, $17 million at defensive tackle. So, yeah, with Jared Cook gone, the top tight end is Adam Troutman, who was a third-round pick last year. With Emmanuel Sanders gone, you've just got Michael Thomas by the down year. And there's just no depth of quality there to bail out whoever's going to be throwing that next season. And then at, on the defensive line with no Trey Hendrickson or Sheldon Rankins, that D-line needs some loving as well. So Saints have got eight picks. They're going to need to use them all. And they've also lost Nick Easton. He's a guard. He's been released. And Quan Alexander as well. It's not looking good for the Saints. They've always kind of got away with other teams in that division being poor. But I think it's going to come a time where they can't rely on that anymore. And I think that that time's already come, to be honest. Mm. Yeah, I let's mean, not forget that it's a rival that's won the Super Bowl, so it's not yeah. as low uh, as yeah, yeah. anymore. Yeah, but they the can always kind get... of rely on Drew Brees, couldn't they, to at least get them a few wins in the in the in the season? And they don't have that anymore. So mm. this is what you finally no, find I mean, out what exactly. happens when you lose your franchise quarterback. I mean, you guys, you guys have obviously been watching the NFL much much longer than I have, and you'll know that. You know, the Saints for a long time have been a joke. They yep. really have. And they lucked out in getting Probably a free agent. Yeah, exactly. Yes. And they've lucked out on getting a, a, a Hall of Fame quarterback who's basically first, second or third in every single stat that matters. Mm-hmm. Um, and now he's gone. So, you know, what do you do? You, you, re- you refer to type. But like that rich guy who's got a nice little sugar mama, well, she's now kicked him out and he's got to go back to the street and find somewhere to live. And guess what? You're going back to the slums because that's what you are. That's your identity. <laughs> Sounds very close to home there, Dave. Maybe uh, they get Archie we'll Manning out of retirement. <laughs> Talking of Manning, it's Peyton Manning's birthday today. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday, Peyton, Peyton Manning. Manning. returns, Peyton. Okay, so the team that finished second in the division but ended up having a very good postseason were the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They finished 11-5. and five. They were second in passing. They were tied for 28th in rushing. 
They were third for points scored and fifth for points conceded. Best game? Do I really need to do this? I'm not going to. They did all right. They did all right. Uh, week, week two. <laughs> Worst yeah. game? Well, they lost five games, but the non-Saints games were close. So I have to put that 38-3 loss at home to the Saints. Uh, as their worst game of the season. Yeah, I think any, the any reason you mentioned there? no, you mentioned they were very low on Russian. I think the only reason they're low on Russian is because they had two games off. So they basically had a 14 game season when it came to Russian because you know, the, I think the game was it the first game or the second game against the Saints where there was only two Russian attempts or something stupid like that. <laughs> so that that's the only reason they were low. Their Russian yeah. uh, offense was actually okay. I think yeah, well, Jones, uh, I think Jones good, good did all right. I think it was um, second half of the season, wasn't it? They, they when, when they kind of figured out that they actually had running backs that could run, yeah. and actually, you know, an O line that could block for running backs, then they went, "Oh, actually, we don't need Brady to do it all." So would, you know, they were doing that um, sort of right sweep that the Raiders were doing really well last season. So the Raiders would yeah. do this thing where the uh, hang on, no, the right guard would sweep over to the left and create a hole, and Josh Jacobs would run a yeah. mile through it. And they were doing exactly the same thing with Leonard Fournette. And they only kind of did that towards the end of last season, which, uh, towards Lenny. the end of the season, which was very, very yeah. weird. Um, it's just, it's yeah, just yeah. called the jet sweep, but yeah, yeah I mean, it's, it, it is exactly what you say. It's you shift the line of scrimmage to one side or the other. So but you pull your guards one... and, and, and just create an extra blocker on one side so that your, your back then picks the hole and away you go. Um, but I don't, I think the problem was early in the season for the Bucks was they didn't trust Ronald Jones to run the ball and you know, mm-hmm. they didn't have Leonard Fournette to start with. So, mm-hmm. you know, it was it was very much a case of once once they realised what they had, I think they changed their game plan accordingly. Now, whether that was Brady or Coach Aarons or whoever it was that decided to do it, it was the right idea. Um, well, it clearly worked. And after winning their first Super Bowl in two decades... The Bucks have done everything possible to keep the entire team together. So Chris Goldwyn was slapped with the franchise tag early doors. Tom Brady extended his contract to help the cap space. Gronk signed a new one-year contract. Levante David re-signed. Then they managed to get Shaq Barrett back to on a deal that could be worth up to $72 million with $36 million in guarantees. And just today, boys, they re-signed the Dominican Sioux on a one-year $9 million deal. So apart from Leonard Fournette and Antonio Brown, pretty much the entire gang's back together. Yeah, and to be fair, Brown was more of a bit part player than than any of the other receivers, really. Um, He came in late, you know. Yeah, it's always useful to have an Antonio Brown on your squad and taking cornerbacks away from your other receivers. But, you know, Brady didn't hugely use him. Um, He wasn't, he wasn't, his numbers weren't massive in the games he did play. Um, But Brady likes him, doesn't he? He likes him at New England. Brady does like him for some reason. I'm not quite sure what it is. I mean, maybe he subscribes to his TB12 treatment center <laughs> or something. But you not, know, not the face you it's... really want, is it? Advertising your TB12 <laughs> <laughs> regimen. But there we go. No, I think I think the Brown move is even though his numbers weren't great, he seeks attention. Um, so you you know you can't double the other guy yeah. on the other side. So you know it might be that Godwin gets 25 yards and you know uh, Evans gets 50 yards and yada yada. Well, a, a, a small proportion of those yards are simply because uh, Antonio Brown is there. That, you know, yeah, that, yeah, that's absolutely his, his presence requires attention. I think he will sign with the Buccaneers again. Um, all I think they're doing is keeping as many chess pieces as they can, and basically making making sure that they're going to have enough money to want to sign him. So it's a case of we're going to give you as much money as we can um, if you want to stay. 
Uh, we still want you to stay because I think well, Tom Brady wants him to stay because, you know, Brady's the GM over there. Um, yeah. And I think they've done fantastically well to actually keep everyone. But it's not a surprise. In, in hindsight, it shouldn't be a surprise that they've kept everyone simply because, you know, players want to stay where they're successful. With a winning everyone, team. Yeah, Everyone exactly. could have gone and got more money. As we spoke about this last week. Um, the agent for a lot of the players was on um, FS1 and he was basically saying, we had more money elsewhere, but the guys want to win. And that's the reason they're staying. The guys could have gone and they could have made a fortune elsewhere, but they didn't. They decided to stay because they want to win and they want to win Brady. It's, 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 that's why it was so important that Brady signed his contract before free agency, yes. because it, it, it indicated to those guys and, you know, the Sues and the, the, the guys that are often in free agency Barrett, and Davis, love signing Jay on feet. Yeah, exactly. You know, it says to them, look, I'm, I want to give this another go for another year. If we can keep the band together, then, you know, we've got good chances. That's um, the thing. It's the I mean, the scariest thing for me about that team is the fact that they had the youngest secondary in the entire league. And they're all now Super Bowl champions and a year older and a year wiser and so on and so forth. As long as they keep the right mentality, which with Brady in your squad, you've got to say is probably more likely than not. They're mm-hmm. going to be scary next year. It reminds me of something that Sugar Ray Leonard used to say. It's difficult to get up to go for that morning run when you're sleeping in silk pajamas. Exactly. That's what they have to be careful of. Yeah. They have yeah. to be careful. There's always that, that they don't that come go, down, isn't there? We've done it now. Yeah. yeah um, exactly. And we've seen, I, I mean, we can all name a ton of players who won a Super Bowl, look great, and all of a sudden their career just fell off a cliff. We can all name those players. And they just have to hope that that's not the direction that they go in. Uh, with the personalities that they have, you would assume that it's not going to go that way, but we can't know for sure. Um, no, no, I think we would have absolutely. seen those performances from the Chiefs this year if they hadn't already won the Super Bowl last year. That's a valid point. A lot of them looked like they were kind of phoning in. Travis Kelsey didn't look like he really cared as much. Tyreek Hill, you know, these are the players you need to step up. And they kind of, they did in the, in the game in Miami the year before, but they didn't this year. And I, yeah, I whether think it's there's something about that, you know, there's something about the fight in the dog. And once you've done it, it's, you need that internal think, drive to maybe, push it again. You think no, maybe absolutely. Patrick Mahomes got blasé? That he just thought he was better. I don't think, I think Patrick Mahomes got blasé. I don't think it's Patrick Mahomes as such. Yeah, I mean, I, it's, it's, <laughs> it's just complacency, isn't it? And it's yeah. very natural it's that once you achieve the goal, you relax a little bit. And then it's very difficult to get yourself motivated to do exactly the same things in exactly the same way as you did previously. Um, I mean, the boxing analogy is a great one. You know, you, you've always got the hungry fighter that's coming up that wants to be the world champion, but mm-hmm. actually what's he like when he is the world champion and he's got the target on his back and everyone's coming for him. So, you know, it's, it, the bucks will be very interesting next year. And, and I'll say it again for probably the fifth year running, if not the sixth, but Brady's arm has got to completely fall off at some point for, for the other teams to have a chance because the thing, I mean, when, when you, when you look at uh, the stat for, the distance that don't look at yards completed. Flinging it last well, year. Don't don't look at the yards completed because if you throw a five yard pass to your to Alvin Kamara and Alvin Kamara runs for fifty yards, that's a fifty yard pass. It's not. Mm-hmm. If you actually look at the distance the ball travels yeah, yeah. in the air, Brady was first. It and passes first over twenty yards. Way, yeah, exactly. No, it's not not just pass over twenty yards. All passes. All passes where the ball has travelled in the air. So let's say your stats only count where the receiver catches the ball. In that stat, Brady was first by a mile. Just for the record, Mitch Trubisky was last on 
qualifying quarterbacks. Just for the record, not not suggesting anything, but he was right. last. Yeah, got it. Um, but yeah, and you're right, absolutely. If his arm doesn't die, I mean, there's nothing to say they can't do this again. And even if it does, you know, just switch to the running game. Don't worry <laughs> about it. The other problem is their O-line's so good that he wasn't getting hit to affect the arm. Exactly. Exactly. And and that's, yeah, as a, as a quarterback will always tell you that they're only as good as their offensive line, you mm-hmm. know, and, and it, it bears fruit. You know, teams with good offensive lines tend to do better than teams with bad offensive lines because your quarterback's spending time on his feet looking down the field rather than on his back looking at the lights. Or seeing ghosts. But it goes to what we... It both goes to what we mentioned earlier on about basic fundamentals, win the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball, yeah. which they've done, and it gives you more than half a chance. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's difficult to know what they're going to aim at in the draft. They've got eight picks this year. They've got an extra seventh round pick. You, you can maybe look at the cornerback group and say that there's a bit more depth needed. I mean, Sean murphy Martin's been a steal for the Bucks. It was a second round mm-hmm. pickup, I believe. And then even if Tom Brady never hits a wall physically, you need to at least think about a succession plan beyond Blaine Gabbert, right? You've got to look at a quarterback. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think, I think you look at a wide receiver to replace Brown if you're not bringing Brown back, and even mm-hmm. if you are, you might want to bring one in anyway. You maybe look at a little bit more depth on the D line. Yeah. Um, and then, like you said, may maybe something at cornerback or linebacker, but you know, really, it's it's end. it really is kind of touches now rather than than wholesale problems until they got a slight quarterback think... when brady finally retires so yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah i <laughs> they think they to need to go the tight end team. it's the yucks i think they need i think they need do need to go tight end just simply because um there's a good chance that oj howard is going to be shipped out soon um he was making noises towards the end of last season because he was, wasn't getting a piece of the pie no so it wouldn't shock me a huge amount if if they uh, they do have to go tight end. But, I mean, that's not something they're doing in the first or second round. They're probably, no. you know, something they can address later on. Um, and there's still a few tight ends on the market in free agency, so it wouldn't surprise me if they go there. Um, I think adding depth is exactly what you say. Mm-hmm. Um, on the that defensive line, sooner or later, is going to break up. Um, as soon as as soon as Brady uh, retires, there's there's going to be a little bit of a, an exodus. In, yeah. in Tampa Bay, let's let's not mm-hmm. pull yeah, yeah. about it. There's, it's not a coincidence that Brady left New England, and you know a lot of players opted out. Um, players decided they want to move, and it, it, that's not a coincidence. Come on, we all no. know that, and we expect the same thing to happen in Tampa. So do you know what? Enjoy the ride now, um, because oh, that window's like open up one more year. Yeah. yeah, it's it's a it's an Alton Towers ride. It, it's not going to last that long, but it's going to be a wild ride while you're having it. <laughs> Other theme parks are available. In the UK, no, they're not. No, they're not. Are you sponsored Maybe by Towers? No, no, I'm not giving them that awesome. advertising for free. Right, <laughs> two, two teams left. Two teams left. First up, it is the five and eleven Carolina Panthers. They were 18th in passing. They were 21st in rushing, 23rd in points scored, and 15th in points conceded. The best game. Well, there's only five to choose from, so I'm picking the division win at the Falcons. Teddy Bridgewater had a couple of touchdown passes, and Matt Ryan was held to zero scores and one interception in a 23-16 victory that also saw their record to 3-2 and two at the time, which was quite positive. Worst game, uh, as there are only two more wins after that Falcons game, I'm picking the home loss to the Broncos. They allowed Drew Locke four touchdown passes and an 83-yard punt return score as well to lose 32-27. Uh, the only thing I take issue with there is you mentioned earlier on it's terrible to lose 
um, when the Lions got shut out. Well, the Panthers were the team that shut them out. So is that not by definition their best game? No, because you don't have to play the best to shut someone out. I'm not just playing devil's advocate. I don't disagree with you. I mean, the Broncos is their worst loss without a shadow of a doubt because the Broncos last season were trash. Um, but yeah, no. On, I, on, I, your, I on your mention, that. boys, I looked at division games first as the most painful. So the fact that they managed to beat Matt Ryan handily. And, yeah, uh, yeah, but I mean, that wasn't an isolated incident last season, was it? No. Let's be honest. No, it wasn't. At the, at the end of the day, you know, they didn't Damn have it. a great season. They're not going to have many great games. Um, they, they were, they the were with, nicked, the were the Panthers early on. The thing with the Panthers, though, they always seem to be in quite close games. And, mm-hmm. you know, they, they would always have exciting finishes to their games. But they never seem to come out on the right side of them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, Bridgewater was solid enough. He was nothing spectacular. But, you know, did the job he was asked to do. Um, it doesn't help when your all-pro running back is injured for most of the season. Or when he's playing, he's not playing fit. Um, You know, I don't think they're a dreadful team. I think, I think they've got enough. I think they showed enough last year to show that they can be competitive. Um, Obviously, they have needs. Um, They certainly need some probably help at linebacker. I mean, they were dreadful against the run last year. Um, I think they could probably do a bit of pass rush as well. Um, definitely wide receivers. I'm not. They. I think the, the key for them, first of all, to address what you mentioned a second ago, seven of the 11 games they lost were by one score or less. So yeah. I think mm-hmm. you're absolutely right there. Yep. Um, their big thing was they lost their best player. They, they didn't just lose yeah. their best player. They lost their franchise. Their guy, you know, Chris McCaffrey is their best running back, their best wide receiver, their best yeah. distraction. You know, he creates... in the opposition that's his position chaos he's not a running back he's not a wide receiver he's a pain in the ass and he was missing so they're really missing two or three big players there and i'm sorry they don't have the talent to overcome it i think the panthers have got a really bright future though they're setting the solid foundations and they're doing everything right they're managing the cap really well their entire draft last year was on defense I think yeah. they're in for a very, very good future. And the chaos that's happening, I'm using chaos far too much. With what's happening with the Saints and what's happening with the Falcons and what is going to happen in the long run with the Bucks, yeah. the Falcons kind of are setting themselves up for the success. Panthers. But it's very long, it's very, very long term. What did I say? You said the Falcons. Falcons. The, Falcons. Pa- the Panthers. You meant the Panthers. <laughs> you know what I meant. It was a beautiful speech. The it was just very uh... much setting themselves up. Yeah. It's just that bit at the end. <laughs> <laughs> so. A couple of people that have left the team over the offseason. So Curtis Samuel's been pinched by old Panthers head coach Ron Rivera over to Washington. It's a three-year, $34.5 million deal. Also sees him rejoin Ohio State teammate Terry McLaurin. So a good move there for, for Curtis Samuel. Mike Davis, who stepped into McCaffrey's shoes last season, has been snapped up by the Falcons. But they have done some work uh, to bring people in, especially on the O-line. So Taylor Moten got the franchise tag at right tackle. They brought in Pat Elfline from uh, guard from the Jets and Cam Irvin for the left tackle spot from the Cowboys. Of course, that doesn't mean they shouldn't be looking to draft a new left tackle because Cam Irvin wasn't great for the Cowboys. Uh, We need to acknowledge also that they've brought in David Moore from Seattle, which means now I've got a David and a DJ Moore at wide receiver. So watch out for next fantasy draft, people, because you might get the wrong D Moore. Moore. You always want more. That's what you want. I don't want to hear any more more jokes. So 
yeah, they've also got Hassan Reddick, <laughs> linebacker from Arizona Cardinals. He was a first round pickup a few years ago for the Cards. Denzel Perryman, they've got across from the Chargers on a two year deal. And Morgan Fox no from cares. the Rams, a defensive end, eight and a half million for two years. So they have been making some moves on that defensive line as well. I'm sure Morgan. I'm sure Morgan Fox was a left back for Sheffield Wednesday. <laughs> oh, no, no, <laughs> he was. He was. Not the Random obscure championship players yeah. from the nineties. <laughs> no, 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 no. It was like this, like two seasons ago. I'm going to Google. Oh. I think they need to. Uh, no, I think I think Dave's right. I think I think the Panthers. Yeah, I mean they've they've got picks as well. I think they've got the core and the foundation of a, of, of a good squad there. Um, obviously. You know, Bridgewater is going to be a gatekeeper for them. So at some point they will have to address the quarterback. Yeah. But if you can get everything else in place first, then, you know, fingers crossed you pick someone up in free agency or, or draft one maybe next year. I mean, they've got eight everything picks. Everything they do is sensible. Yeah. They've got eight picks, three sixths, no sevenths. Uh, they need to sort out a new tight end because Dan Arnold's their tight end number one. At wide receiver after the Demors, the depth chart hits Mark and Michelle. And Keith Kirkwood. So please draft oh, some wide receivers. The Alistair Kirkwood, son. Dirty, <laughs> dirty, dirty wide receivers. No, I think what, when you look at them, I don't think you can ever be angry at what they do. You can understand no. the reasons they do things. And they do, they, they're kind of just, everything makes sense and it's solid. I mean, that Dan Arnold pick, Dan Arnold's a very, very good tight end. He's not a number one tight end. I, I, will, I will concede mm. that. But he is a very good tight end. Uh, massively underrated. So I think they, they pick up pick up players who will add quality to the squad and they get rid of players who don't. I think it makes sense. I mean, all the free agents that you left, I mean, other than yawning, there's not else you, not much else you can do to that list of players, to be perfectly honest. Mm. But still positive moves there for the Panthers. I think they're, they're making the right, the right progression. It's just going to take a while. They need to sort out the quarterback position because I don't even know what's happened with Bridgewater next year. Is he actually going to be there next year? Yeah, Bridgewater will play there next year. Yeah, he's on a three-year contract, isn't he? So that was year one. This will be year two. A lot of mocks have them moving up to take a quarterback in the draft. I wouldn't be it's possible. overly surprised. It's possible. They, they could do anything with their picks. Yeah, but we'll see. So the last team, boys, last and in this case least, is the Atlanta Falcons. They finished four and twelve. They were fifth in passing. 27th in rushing, 16th in points scored, and 14th in points conceded. Their best game was only four to pick from. I picked their first win of the season that came in week six at the Vikings. The Falcons scored 10 points oh. in every quarter, and the Falcons D got three picks of Kirk Cousins. There were some garbage time points, but it was a solid 40 to 23 victory. And the worst game, I really wanted to put the week three collapse at home to the Bears when Nick Foles came in and scored a, a three fourth quarter touchdowns to evaporate a 16 point lead. But the one-point loss to the Lions a week after their best game, I think, just pips it. That was the one where Todd Gurley just had to not score to run out the clock, but then scored. And then, of course, they went down, drove the field in one minute, and TJ Hawkinson got a score on the last second of the game. I mean, they were dreadful. There's <laughs> numerous games you can point out. My, my first, The first game I thought of was the loss to the, the Cowboys week two. That was where I first went to because, you know, they were a gazillion points up and then absolutely choked it inside, yeah. what was it, inside a, a two-minute rule. It was it was well, That was their thing last season, wasn't it? It was choking yeah. leads in yeah. the fourth quarter. 100%. So, you know, I mean, 
what what the bright spots last season? I suppose Matt Ryan had a fairly good year, and Calvin Ridley stepped up and showed that he's a true number one. But apart from that, you know, defense was a massive problem again. No. Um, they just couldn't stop anyone. You know, they Dante Fowler they picked up in free agency last year for loads of money, and he only got three sacks all season. You know, it's like what they just. Yeah, I think I think the Falcons just need to kind of do a bit of what the Panthers have done the last last year or so and just blow it all up and start again. Um you know, I can't you can't fix a team with that many holes in it. And I, it still makes no sense to me that from that Super Bowl appearance what 3 4 years ago now um four. they still haven't got a defense that can play defense. It 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 just boggles the mind as as to how they've managed to get into the position they have within four years. It was a bad draft. No, I agree. Well, I mean, they they picked up so last year, the beginning of last season, and I'm not blowing my own trumpet here because I I mean all I did was basically state the obvious. Um, I said that the Falcons have the worst secondary I've ever seen. And at that time, I was 100% right. They, they were the worst secondary I've ever seen, just in terms of safeties and cornerbacks. They went and picked up AJ Terrell, who's fine. I think there's nothing wrong yeah, with yeah, him. Yeah, he's all right. Really good. Yeah, he's, he's nothing wrong with him. Picked up another couple of safeties and free agencies in um, uh, safeties and cornerbacks and free agency. And it was, you look at them and go, okay, so they're not as terrible as they were going into the season, but they're still pretty bad. You've got to address it at some point. They never did. And they were getting torched constantly. Now, you can have. A, a, a mediocre pass rush as long as you've got decent um, a decent secondary behind it you can get away with that and vice versa if you've got a bad secondary you need a good pass rush exactly what I was going to say you, if you've got a bad secondary you have a great pass rush but when you crap on both I'm sorry you could, you're getting killed you're, you're getting, getting killed, killed. And, and the problem is they're going to have to go back in okay. that yeah, offense yeah. is okay but it's not the good enough puts to- up to, it puts up points. To take care of that defense. That's the, the offense puts up points, but the defense just is like a sieve. It's mm. you might as well just turn a tap on and and just let the opposition yeah. come at you because it, it yeah. There's no way that even with Ridley Jones Gurley playing all right, you know Matt Ryan at quarterback, they just there's no way they can keep up. The the defense leaks points at such a rate that you know. There's just no way, no way they can do it. And the problem is they've now got to go into the draft again and draft all the same players again. So it's safeties, it's cornerbacks, it's rushers, you know. I mean, it's... Their offense is fine. Their, their offensive line's great because they uh, they drafted two offensive linemen back-to-back a couple of years ago. And yeah. Lindstrom's sort of stepping into his boots now. I think their big win from last year was um, is it Russell Gage, their wide receiver, who all of a sudden yeah. looked a very solid wide receiver. So their wide receiver core is arguably, I'm not going to say it's one of the best, but it, it's sort of top tier in terms of their It's one, definitely two, up three. there. Oh, it's, it's very good. Very, very good. I mean, imagine imagine Patrick Mahomes throwing to that trio. Yeah, good. exactly. God, I mean, it's stuff dreams are made of. But defensively, they're crap. And they have to address that. It's just, they're, in no, they're in no different a position now than they were this time last year. No different a position. No. So well, I've got some bad do... news for you, boys. They're in the worst position because two of their O-line got prized away in free agency. So centre Alex Mack was taken by the Niners. The guard Justin McRae has gone to the black hole of Houston. They've also lost defensive end Charles Harris to the Detroit and safety Keanu Neal to the Cowboys. And uh, safety Ricardo Allen, who's a four-time defensive captain for them, has just been signed to the Bengals. 
So that's some kind but, of talent out the out the door already. But, and some gone. I mean, to be fair, Ma- Alex Max, what, 36 now? 36, 37, something like that. So, you know, you're probably looking at going, yeah, we're probably going to release him anyway. Um, the majority of the rest of those players are the players that haven't performed. Well, so, I, yeah, I agree. You know, you, you almost kind of you're almost glad to get rid of them in a way because you can just completely freshen everything <laughs> up. All right, change the person. I was going to say the same thing. I think what what we see is a team with a bad offense blow it, a team with a bad defense blowing up that defense. I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing. If they'd have retained all the pieces, we'd have been sitting there going, "What are you What are you lot doing?" The 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 offensive line uh, issue that might come back to bite them in the ass, but. I think that's just getting really cap space so they can hopefully get guys in uh, in their secondary. But they they to a certain degree have to get rid of the guys who were there previously. Um, and getting rid of that, you know, quote unquote talent might not be too bad of a thing. But then you look at who they've brought in in free agency. They're pretty uninspiring moves. I mean, Eric Harris, former Raiders safety. Punk, is he any good? No. Raiders and safeties <laughs> do not mix since Charles Woodson went. So Exactly. Barcavius Mingo, the former Browns outside linebacker, right. hitting his eighth team now, I think it is. He's he's all right. He's just an he's idiot. not. He's all he's all right. He's not bad. He's not. And Pat's outside linebacker, Brandon Copeland. Yeah, it's it's none of it's jump up and down for joy. It, you know, we've got better, but you know, if they're if 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 they're more depth pieces and and they're drafting better players, then. You know, you, you've got it's hope. not dreadful. You've got to hope those names you just gave, they're only the starter. You still got to hope <laughs> yeah. the main course is still to come. The main exactly. course has got to be in the draft. Well, they've got nine picks in this draft. They've got three fifth round picks and two sixth round picks. They've got no seventh. And every single one of them should be in the secondary, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> secondary <laughs> well, and linebackers and pass rush. You yeah, can make any of them so you can upgrade. Any of them. Every one of them. They need a dominant pass rusher and they need a load of cornerbacks and a safety. If you picked up if you picked up nine cornerbacks, two of those are going to be able to move to secondary at some point. You're going to have to pick up a big one who can possibly play linebacker, outside linebacker, shift someone inside. And then there's going to be someone half decent around the rest of them. It might not be the most stupid thing, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, hang on. But what about quarterback? Because Matt Ryan's currently the only QB in the building after they release backup Kurt Benkert. If you say so. And Ryan's is an albatross around the Falcons cap space. He just is. He's not going to make yeah. the football out of him. That is a large contract that he is holding on to. Eventually, they're going to have to to cut bait with him as well. And there's no one in the building. At the same time, you know, picking up a backup quarterback is is very, very easy. There's going to be loads of them on the market. It's not even Taysom Hill there at the moment. No, but there's going to be a lot of teams who are hanging on to guys because they haven't gone and drafted their you know, drafted their main guy. It's like the Jags mm. haven't let Garner Minshew go. Why haven't they let him go? Because what happens if, um, you know, what happens if Trevor Lawrence pulls his, tears his ACL just before the season or so, before the draft or something like that? You know, until you get your guy, you don't make the move. So it, the fact that they've only got one quarterback at the moment is not an issue. They'll pick up, they can pick up guys. It's not an issue. Yep. So <laughs> there is to say, uh, you know, they they need to get better and they need to do it quickly. I don't see that happening anytime soon for the Falcons. Unfortunately, Atlanta, uh, I can't see it. But I agree. Who's the head coach now? Because Dan Quinn got sacked, didn't he? Yeah, it, it's Arthur Smith, who was the offensive coordinator for the Titans. 
It's his first okay. head coaching job. Well, they'll be running the ball then because, you know, when you've got an well, offence that runs it... But then Todd Gurley's out of contract. They haven't given him a contract gone. yet. Has he gone? That's fine. I think, I think Gurley... Well, there's I say gone. He's, he's still on the free agency list, so... Mm. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. I think they've probably still got Ito Smith or someone else like that knocking around. They'll bring they in do, Frank Gore. Do, yeah. That's what they'll do. <laughs> That's what everyone does. Bring in Frank Gore. <laughs> Let the man yeah. rest. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> and Frank there we Gore go, guys. Totally 75. Yeah. yeah, that was the review of all of the 32 teams in the NFL, how they currently stand as we're getting ready for the draft in a month's time. So, boys. I guess the only thing we've got to do now is is get ready for the draft. So I, we haven't really discussed yet what position group we're going to look at first. I don't know if you've got any preference of any players you want to look at, any any position groups. I mean, I'm I'm always a fan of looking at defense first. I mean, offensive players okay. when you draft in them, um, a lot of the time you only get one or two stars a year on offense, really. Um, and this year it's been Justin Jefferson. Who was it? Who else was a real star coming out on offense last year? There weren't really. Well, it's all the quarterbacks, I mean, isn't it? It's all Herbert. Herbert, but you know, Herbert is a Herbert. He's just one of those guys who Burrow. Come in and yeah, and Burrow had a great year, but he was drafted first overall, so you expect that. Defensively, is where CD Lamb. CD Lamb had a good season. He had a couple mm-hmm. of good catches. He's had a highlight reel of catches, but he's he's not a guy who was brilliant. I mean, he had the noose throwing to him. And, and the other fellow who Jim just mentioned him, <laughs> you know, he had the bread roll thrown at him. No, I, I, I prefer in terms of talent. I think you're more likely to be a star on defense. So I, I, I prefer looking at defensive players um, when it comes to drafting. There's a okay. couple of guys who are seeing who I, I'm really excited about, um, and I really, really like as well. So, well, I'm, I'm gonna throw a spanner in the works for the draft ones and I'm not <laughs> going to do any research whatsoever and I'm just no 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 seriously no no I'm just not going to do any research whatsoever and I'm going to let you two tell me who mm. I should be drafting <laughs> and, for, and why you know so on that basis can we because normally what happens I know I know we're having a bit of a staff meeting on air now but you know let, let the let the audience join in on that so normally what happens is I'll go I'm picking or Jim picks first obviously then it will mm. be me then it'll be punk then it'll be Jim then me then punk blah 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 and we'll have an argument yeah now do we do it a different way where we do that we can still do that show there's no reason why we can't well, do that show but then we can also do it where punk drafts everyone you do the entire first round and me and Jim pitch two players to you well, what I was thinking was we might do the draft show literally the week before the draft. Oh, once I agree. We will. You know, once we've got all the moves and everything else in. All I wanted to do, because as you guys know, I don't watch college ball. I, yeah, I don't really have that much of an interest in it until we get to the draft. So, you know, I, I, I think if I were to sit here and go, okay, so... Why would I? Why would you want me to receive uh, draft that receiver, or yeah, give me a receiver that's that's going to catch me a, f- a thousand yards next season out of the sure. slot, you know? And and then you guys come up with because you've got the the better in depth knowledge of the players rather than me trying to cram it all in in five days and everything else, you know. <laughs> I do I do like work. Dave's idea of us kind of pitching players to you and you're the kind of uh, 
Alan Sugar type. Who would I take? <laughs> well, we, I mean, we can try that if you want. We can try well, it. I mean, and the, see only, what the happens. only thing, the only thing you, I mean, if it's crap, we don't have to release it. That's that <laughs> on it. But what well, I think what you would have to do, what you would have to do is say, okay, these, this is the one to thirty-two. I've got to put a draft board together. Is basically yes. what I need well, to do. Not, not necessarily put a one to thirty-two and no trades and say, okay, the Jags are picking first. They're either picking quarterback or linebacker. We know where we're going with that. That's and fine. then yeah, yeah, but, and then you'll so pitch what me a quarterback is, yeah, and a linebacker. We make an argument of who yeah. would go on each of those. So that I think is the way that we'd have to approach it. Because otherwise, it'd just be me and Jim rowing about probably the same guys. Because you're going to be saying, "Well, this guy, you, you could go for this, 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 or this," and there'd be five different position moves. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I think we'll better work that out. But uh, yeah, I'm at a disadvantage because a you two love each other, and I'm was the butt of the joke. So. <laughs> I'll, I'll get out. How dare you? How very dare you? <laughs> favoritism? There's no favoritism. There yeah, certainly is. Yeah, it's just Guys. We, we talk That's all it is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter then at Jim and the King, at Denver Dave 30, still. Mm-hmm. at punk yeah. underscore radar and uh, at the moment, guys, another little uh, mock thing is that I am actually taking part in the, the second annual UK fan mock draft. So it's all seven rounds. I'm picking for the Steelers. I'm a co-GM with another uh, podcaster for Five Yard Rush. Uh, we've just picked our first round and we're waiting for the second one, but it takes days. So if you want to see what we're doing on that, then you can check out the Twitter on there and jimnicking.com for all of our stuff on there and streaming uh, the site stuff like that. So are you can I ask you a couple of questions there? about that? Can I ask you a couple you've of questions? You've got 30 seconds. <laughs> Good. Um, so when you're picking, are you allowed to trade and everything like that? Yes, they're trades. Okay. Not future picks, who did though, you pick... and not players. Okay, who did you pick in the first round? Because you're currently picking at 24. 24. So we pick? picked Tevin Jenkins, offensive tackle. Oh, okay. Offensive tackle. Oklahoma State. Nah, too too low. Na- uh, Najee <laughs> Harris. That's who I have you picking first nope. round, Najee Harris. I'm not taking a bloody running back in the first author. <laughs> <laughs> no. Need a I'm not moving up for a running back. I'm not, I'm not taking I a know, running back. You got one of them, didn't you? To the Washington no. ad Haskins. Yeah, he's your quarterback. Yeah, there we Mary go. Harris, you heard it here first. All right, all right. So until next week, I've been Jim. That's been Never Dave's. That's been Punk Radio. And thank you so much for listening. Yeah.